Hear the word of God from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, and also 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15, and uh, you can follow along on the screen or in your own Bible. <clears throat> now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall never shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. <clears throat> According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. This is the word of the Lord. So some of you guys may be confused. You may be looking at your bulletin, and it says Daniel. Some of you guys be like, what? I've never looked at my bulletin, so you guys are okay. You guys aren't confused. <laughs> Most of you guys are probably thinking that. We've been in a series, um, we finished, just finished up a book, a series in the book of Esther. And the theme behind this whole book of Esther was God behind the scenes. Esther was the only book in the Bible that God has never once mentioned. And it was a literary technique intentionally used by the author of this book to say, look how God is moving when we don't even see him. When we don't feel him, look how he's still moving. He's still saving. He's still accomplishing his will. He's still working. And so we've been on the same theme after we finished with the book of Esther. We've been on the same theme looking at other Old Testament characters to say, look at how God moves behind the scenes. When we don't see him, we don't feel him. Even it was supposed to be today, even when we're in exile, even when we're in the land of Babylon, we still see that God is moving. But we decided to change up the sermon last minute for a couple of awesome reasons, actually just one reason, it's not really necessarily awesome, but it is awesome, is I saw a post on Facebook by Pastor Jim. And this post on Facebook was talking about how the old Farrington Road Baptist building was being demolished. And it's a bittersweet moment. For those who've had so many memories of Farrington Road Baptist, it's, it's, a, it's a hard moment to see something at a place where they had so many memories and so, much, so many moves of God to see that building be destroyed. But it's also a sweet moment to know that look at where God is taking us now. And so we wanted to show this real life example this Sunday morning of God behind the scenes, God moving and God working to bring something together to accomplish his purposes. 
And so for that end, I'm going to welcome Pastor Jim um, to come up, and he's going to share with us a little bit of the history of what was known as Journey Church, also known as Frankton Road Baptist. So please, guys, welcome Pastor Jim up here. Josh. I can speak pretty loud without this, but uh, this will help, I'm sure. When uh, Pastor Lawrence asked me on Friday to share my experiences as a pastor of Farrington Road Baptist Church and how the Lord led us through the years to finally merge our two churches, I was happy to do so. Some of you may have come to church today uh, on Farrington Road, coming down from my Hardy's there, coming in this direction. And you saw the church building being torn down down there. Others of you may have seen the email that I sent out about it. And as Pastor Lawrence mentioned, it was on Facebook. I want to share with you some times along the way in the life of Farrington Road Baptist Church when it was very obvious that divine intervention made it possible for his work to continue and to thrive It brings to mind the scripture found in Jeremiah 29, 11, where the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And what a future it is. When that church body was formed, it came from Ephesus Baptist Church in Chapel Hill. And this small group first called itself New Hope Baptist Church. And it met in the daycare center on Legion Road, first of all, and then in the television studio on Highway 54. And other churches around, sister churches, met a lot of the needs of that early church by furnishing hymn books and some uh, furniture for them and other things that they needed. In a couple of years, Mrs. Cleora Hudson, who remained a member of Ephesus Church, donated seven acres of land to that new church on Farrington Road. And that was a God thing right there, folks. Because Interstate 40 was just being completed at that time, and Farrington Road was relocated, and it had to cross our new property there. So the Department of Transportation purchased a pathway across that property and gave that little group, which now started calling itself Farrington Road Baptist Church, enough money to almost build its first buildings. At the time of our arrival in the church in 1994, the quite small congregation there was struggling to continue. But Sylvia and I had come from Carborough Baptist Church across town, and within several months, some 40 of our former church family members came over and joined with us at Farrington Road. And so some improvements could be made at that time, and we continued to grow as a church family. As time passed, it became apparent that we needed to expand again our facility, but the funds were scarce. And here is another God thing. Funds began to accrue from unexpected sources. The church was approached by a developer, and we sold an acre of land that was across Farrington Road from the church that we couldn't even use, and that is where the Nantucket Restaurant and the bank is now, for $400,000 to that uh, developer, 
And then one of our newer members passed away and left the church another 300000 So suddenly we had $700,000. So in 2003, we began to utilize our paid-for expanded facilities, and God continued to bless Farrington Road Baptist Church. Then in 2011, we received word that there would be some future changes to the main intersection of Farrington Road and Highway 54 down by Hardy's there. In case you don't know, in, in the future, Farrington Road is going to be an overpass over Highway 54 coming up in the future. But here's another God thing. That was going to make uh, entrance into Farrington Road Church very difficult when that happened. But we were then approached by a developer who made us a very generous offer for our property there of the five acres that we had. Acceptance of that offer gave us the funds to purchase land where we are right now and build this fine facility here. And I stepped down as pastor in April of 2012, but we remain members of the Farrington Road Church. And this is where the incredible happens. Big, beautiful, God-given facility, small, small congregation. We now called ourselves Journey Church. Financially, we could hardly pay our utility bills. And then Pastor Jason Hughes resigned to become an Air Force chaplain. So much prayer and deliberation began to take place there. And our pulpit committee asked the Yates Association Director of missions, Marty Childers, to meet with us. And he did. He came over and he said, um, have you ever considered inviting another like-minded congregation to join with you here, one that is growing and needs a place to go from its current rented facilities? Well, we hadn't really considered that. So after discussion and prayer, we invited Pastor Lawrence and his Waypoint congregation to consider merging with us. And then several joint services between our two churches took place in here. And then votes were taken by both churches. An overwhelming yes vote came in that was cast by both congregations. And on Sunday, September the 24th of 2017, our two church families became one. And Lawrence and I went out front here. And uh, with two helium-filled and tied-together balloons, one that said Journey Church on, the other said Waypoint Church, and we let those go outside, signifying our joining together, our merging. We all agreed that Waypoint Church would be a good name for our new congregation. Farrington Road Baptist Church is the only pastorate I ever had. I entered the pulpit ministry in my mid-50s. But as I reflect on it, perhaps I can compare my stint to that of Queen Esther that we've been talking about here in the scriptures. Who knows but what I was called by God for the specific purpose of leading Farrington Road through a time of preparation into this bright new day of merged ministry. If so, I am humbly grateful for that. The point I want to make this morning is that even though times of discouragement and questioning will come along our paths, as it always does, we have an incredible God who has the answers 
and meets the needs of individuals and churches bent on following his will. So as I said in my email announcement, the building that served Farrington Road Baptist Church so well for 33 years is being removed. But the true church, the people of God, continue on and shall do so until the Lord comes to reward the faithful. May he continue to bless our very alive and ministering congregation at Waypoint Church. Thanks, Lawrence. Pastor Lawrence wanted me to share a little something. We're chasing everything around up here. I need the word. So as we worked through this and prayed about what this would look like, you know, about five years ago, because we celebrate our five-year anniversary at Waypoint Church this coming fall. Five years ago, we, I got a call that um, Pastor Lawrence was asking me and, and the group of elders at that time to come on staff as in the role of a pastor that would help do a lot of different things. And one of those was to start a children's ministry. So when I was 19 years old, which was last year, um, <clears throat> I started my first ministry job as a youth pastor. And that was 22 years ago. And um, so ever since then, ever since that time, I had worked with young people, youth and kids. I worked at kids camps and all that kind of stuff. So I've done ministry for years and years and years with youth and kids. And so I uh, had resigned a youth pastor job to come take this job. And I thought, all right, I'm going to start working with adults now. All right, adult discipleship. So Lawrence calls me in like March of 2017. And he's like, hey, I need you to put together a kids ministry. I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> we can do this. And so we started out, we called it Waypoint Kids. We started out just doing some amazing stuff with kids. And my kid, my two kids at the time were small. And then there were like two other kids. <laughs> and so it was a small kids ministry. And we were a small church plant. And God was raising this thing up, starting to do some pretty amazing and really cool things. And many, many of you who serve in Waypoint Kids now started with us even then. And you've been with it the whole time. And so we were at one facility renting it. And then we, had, we needed to change our service time. So we needed to rent a different facility. And some of you remember Cedar Fork Baptist Church, which was really more like a chapel with some rooms in the back. And that's where we were with our kids ministry, which continued to grow and expand and more and more kids. But it was becoming very evident very quickly that we were just not going to fit in this building anymore. We just weren't going to fit. And hey, look, we're talking about buildings a little bit. That's not what the church is about. But we do have to have somewhere that we could meet. And I want to tell you something there were times where I just labored in prayer because I didn't think that we as a church would be able to afford to rent 
somewhere. We were getting commercial real estate rental prices quoted back to us anywhere from like 17,000 was like a low to like 40,000 as a high. And that was the monthly rent. Like, how could we do this? So we're like, God, how do we, how do we make it? How do we survive? How do we keep going? And so as we talk about God's providence at work, and as Pastor Jim shared, this whole idea and concept that Farrington Road Baptist Church, which became Journey Church, was going on at the same time as we're planting a church and grow, and this church is growing and then struggling to find somewhere that we could afford to meet. And so I just praise God that at this moment we have somewhere that God has brought two churches together, multiple ministries together, and last week, there were 70 kids in the kids' ministry. 70 kids. Man, where was the day when we were like, I wish Waypoint had 70 people? <laughs> 70 kids. That's a lot. And then you throw in there volunteers. Like some of you that were at Cedar Fork, you imagine 70 kids at Cedar Fork? It would have been a nightmare. It would have been, a, I mean, the building would have just fallen down. It couldn't have held it. It would have just been like, ah. And so I, I just want to say this, that, that Corinthians passage that David read, there was this, this, pat, this part that really stood out to me. It says in First uh, Corinthians 3, 10 and 11, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, buildings have bricks and stone. But unless this church stays built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, this building won't stand. And I want to tell you, a healthy metric for measuring a church is kids' ministry and missions. And I want to say, Waypoint Church, let us humbly stay before God as a congregation that we would always fill our kids' ministry and focus on the nation's. Because when a church loses sight of those things, it's dead. It's gone. And so praise God that he's continuing to build. He's continuing to grow. He's continuing to, to do what he does. And that is helping us see a grand vision of what it means to live on mission for the kingdom of God. Built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. May we never lose sight of the gospel. May we always hear the voices of children. And may we always, always, always say as a church, it's to the nations we go. It's to the peoples on this earth. It's to homeless children. It's to the nations of this earth. It's for racial reconciliation that we stand. Because these are gospel principles. These are things what makes a church. It'll never be about a building. We need a building just like a family needs a home. But may we be 
gospel-centered. May we be foundationally built on Christ. And church, may we always remember that. And one day, I'm gonna be an old pastor. And one day, I'm gonna be an old man. And I'm going to say to someone else, it's your turn to build. And may the legacy of that, and for the children that are here, may they be ambassadors to a time that we will never see to the glory of God. The idea that we've been talking about is God behind the scenes. And hopefully you've seen a picture of that. I hope that you've seen how God has been working through the people at Fairytale Road Baptist that became Journey Church that's now here, through the church plant that was Waypoint Church, that we come together as one body. But we don't come together because it's a feel-good club. Our goal is not to say, hey, look how pretty you look on a Sunday morning. Our desire is not to come together because it's a good place to be. There's a specific mission before us. Our mission statement, for those of you guys who probably don't know, I hope you know, but those of you who don't know, you've been told but you forgot. Our mission statement here at Waypoint Church is we exist to advance the kingdom of God by making disciples of all tribes, tongue, and nations for the glory of God and the sake of the gospel. That's our mission statement. That literally is the statement that says this is what moves us, this is what we're going for. We want to see the very kingdom of God advance. What that literally means is we believe that his rule and reign goes where his disciples are being made. People who look, act, speak, live like Jesus. And where his kingdom is, that's where justice is, that's where grace is, that's where mercy is, that's where righteousness is. So we want to be the very instruments of that happening. That's our mission statement. I want to give you guys a vision of what that actually looks like. Right? What that looks like is looks like a body of believers, a church who comes together has a twofold purpose. Number one, we want to be the coming attraction, the preview of the kingdom of God. We want to be that thing that you watch, you know, that you go to go online to YouTube and check out a trailer for a movie. We want to be that thing that you watch after you watch it, you're like, yes, I gotta watch that movie. We want to live in such a manner that people look at us and say, yes, you guys are salt in this earth. Yes, if that's what the kingdom of God is like, I need to be a part of that. I need to see the kingdom of God. And what that means, guys, hear me very well when I say this, what that means is not that you're perfect. What it doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that we're so good and we're so pretty and we're so perfect and we're so put together that that's what the kingdom of God looks like, right? No, no, no. It means that we know that we're sinners, but we forgive well. Do you hear that? What that means is that we know that we're different and we know we're gonna rub each other wrong, but we're gonna be willing to live in a diverse, uh, intimate community together. Even though that causes friction, we're gonna show grace and mercy and reconciliation. We're gonna fight for justice and love. We're gonna help each other out and serve. And when that happens, when that happens, people are like, that's what the kingdom of God is about? Okay, I can be about that. Okay, I want to know what that's like. Okay, I would love to see that kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'd like that kingdom to be the reality of our culture and our day. We're the coming attraction. But two, we're also the very means of that kingdom advancement on earth. By the way, we share the gospel and encourage others, disciple others, make others, move others to a place where they know Jesus, they know the gospel, and they start living like Jesus. When that happens, his very rule and reign, his very kingdom advances. The more ambassadors that are sent, the more ambassadors that are made, the more citizens of that kingdom exist, the more powerfully advanced and expansive that kingdom becomes. So we believe in that. 
So we want to see people who look, live, act like Jesus so that his kingdom is shown everywhere. That's our mission. That's the vision. Church, do you see that? Can't tell you guys, I love you guys so much. I love hanging out with you guys. I love doing the bouncy slides and the water slides and I love eating barbecue and I love hanging out with all of you guys. But guys, if that's all we do, then we're not doing church. We're called to this mission. We're called to this vision to be salt in this earth. We preserve it. We, we preserve the culture, what's good in it, and we expand on what's, we, 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 we make it savory. We make it good. We need to speak into this culture, into this place, into this land and advance his kingdom. Do you see how God has moved? He's doing something. He's working in all of our hearts. He's brought us together. Guys, it's not an accident that you're here today. Unless literally you got to an accident right in front of the church and you pulled in. That'd be awesome. God's brought you here. And guys, what we're calling you to do is not calling you to be a part of a social club. Not calling you, guys, this is a bold step. This is a bold thing that we're calling you to. It said, will you be interested in coming together and being a part of a family that's on mission together? Will you be interested in doing something called life together? Will you be interested in growing together? Not just coming to a place where you say hi on Sunday mornings and leave. Not just coming to a place where you look good, but we actually be willing to sacrifice to live in community to this Christian life together and advance the kingdom together. Would you be interested in that? Because that's the calling that we're calling and placed upon you. We're asking you to do. We say, as members of this body, coming together as this church, we're saying God has called us to incredible things. He's called us to advance his kingdom. Let's do it together. Now, those are big terms. And you're like, okay, what do we do? Yay, Lawrence, that sounds great. Practically now, what do I do? Here's how it starts, practically. We need to start looking like the kingdom of God. What that looks like is you start learning how to be like Jesus. So it starts in the word. Do you hear me? It starts learning, looking like, what does Jesus look like? What is God like? Can I know his nature? Can I know his heart? Can I see his character? What does that look like? If I'm gonna look like him, if I'm gonna be like him, I need to know him, right? Two, Christianity knows nothing about solitary religion. It means you need to be sharpened by each other. You need to be in relationships. So guys, are you in a small group? Are you involved in the ministry team? You need to be plugged in, plugged in and moving. Three, guys, are you serving? One of our plumb lines we have here is there is no bench. And I love that plumb line. Guys, if you're on the team, you're in the game. You know, you guys probably don't know this. Guys, do you guys know who Dennis Rodman is? Anybody remember Dennis Rodman? I loved the Bulls back in the 90s. That was my team, loved them. Dennis Rodman had a friend. And any NBA team that wanted to sign him, you had to sign his friend too. And his friend just sat in the bench, but he was the guy that kept Dennis Rodman kind of sane. You know, he's the one that made Dennis Rodman not go too crazy. So you just signed him anyway. So this guy would always go on a team that Dennis Rodman was signed to, so he was on the Bulls. Imagine this, your job is just to be like, hey, hang out, sit on the bench with the Bulls, and watch Michael Jordan and Tyler Pippen play every day. Pretty awesome job. That's not you. You're not allowed to do that. There is no bench for you here. That's not, you're not Dennis Rodman's friend. You don't come in that way. Here at Waypoint Church, we're saying you're called to serve. You're called to be involved because, guys, it's also healthy for you. It's also what you're made to do. Your soul delights in it. You're made to be a part of something bigger. You're called to purpose. You're called to pour out. Wherever God's poured into you, you're called to pour out. Do you guys know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Anybody? Nothing lives in it, right? Why does nothing live in it? Salt. Why is it so salty? 
Elevation's part of it, what else? No outlet, right? It is the lowest elevation point, right? Everything runs into it and nothing comes out of it. So it's being poured into, one of the rivers that pour into it is the Jordan River. Symbolically, guys, see the Jordan River? You, hear this? You, guys, you guys with me on this now, right? The Jordan River is pouring into the Dead Sea, but it's not pouring out at all. Guys, are you being poured into but not pouring out? Because if you are, then you're dying. Do you hear me? God has called us to be people of significance, of purpose. He's called you to eternal significance. What are you doing for eternal benefit? Are you serving? Are you sharing the gospel? Guys, we need to be people who are intentional about knowing in the word, about serving, about being in intimate families, by serving, but also by being on intentional mission in your community. Are you reaching out to people who don't know Jesus? Are you living in cross-cultural context and sharing the gospel? Are you talking to your coworkers and your friends about who Jesus is? Are you living life in such a manner that people have to ask, what is the reason for your joy? And you're ready and willing to share the gospel. This is an incredible mission that God has called us to do as a church family together. Guys, can I tell you this? I love you guys. I love Waypoint Church so much. But you're not perfect. I don't go really, this, you guys are really far from perfect. As a matter of fact, some of you guys are really messed up. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm really messed up. And here's the deal, here's a promise I'm gonna make to you, okay? Ready for this? I'm gonna hurt you at some point. I'll probably offend you at some point. I'll probably mess up really big at some point. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but guys, as we walk and pursue holiness and righteousness together, may we show the world that we're not perfect people, but we have a perfect savior who's called us to an incredible standard, incredible mission, and called us to incredible forgiveness and grace. I think that's what the world wants to see, not perfect people who are put together, but people who have found the, the answer to their brokenness, people who have found grace. Those are the most transformed people, aren't they? The ones who know how desperately they need Jesus. So as Waypoint Church, guys, as we come to this place where we're celebrating and also mourning the destroying of a, the, 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 the destruction of, a, of one church building, I love it, it's symbolically saying, guys, we're saying, God, you've been behind that building, you're behind this building, God, you're the, you're the God of our church. Thank you for guiding and moving. May we go forward from here. Amen, church? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for God, your goodness and how you work and move behind the scenes. God, when, when we didn't know where to meet, you were providing a way. And when the building didn't know how they were going to, our church didn't know how to pay for a building, you were providing a way. God, when, when, when we were yearning for children in the halls, you were providing a way. And when we were yearning for a place for all the children to meet, you were providing a way. God, your hand was in this church building. So God, we ask and commit this church to you. God, we ask, Lord, that as we've seen your hand and, and you've seen your faithfulness, may we continue to rest on your faithfulness, trust in your goodness, and God, will you continue to guide us as we go forward from here. God, may we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, will you receive all the glory? It's in your name that we pray. Amen.